Hello and welcome to episode one of Randomer Nintendo Podcast. I am your host, Angel, with also more hosts, Kevin and Jason. Hey yo. They can introduce themselves Hello. at their leisure. Yes, we'll we'll say hi in the sequence. Oh, yeah. You introduced um, us. Yes. God catch us all, all the hosts. That works. But yeah, I mean, new podcast, same three people, but also not completely new. I mean, Jason, if you want to kind of give like a brief rundown of what this is for anyone that might have missed the last episode. Sure, yeah. So uh, you guys know Random Nintendo. We did it for over 10 years, and it was all about Nintendo, and it wasn't very random. And then you know Random Nintendo, which we did since the start of Pandemic under multiple names, which is not about Nintendo at all and was much more random. And we were like, what if we merge them? So what you have now is a show that's going to be anchored in the fact that you got us three as Nintendo fans who became friends over Nintendo initially, you know, over gaming, over that shared experience, and then all the other cool stuff that we collectively are into and want to share with one another and with you. So that's kind of the elevator pitch, if you will. Um, Feel free to send your venture capitalist dollars our way. Yes. Yeah, I mean, as time goes on, yeah, we've just been... Presumably expanding our hobbies. I know Jason is now into more than just Nintendo. He's into cats now. Yeah. I don't know how much I could talk about cats on a podcast. You want me to tell you about cats? You want to start with (laughs) – also, can we acknowledge before I start talking about cats, speaking of music because that's a musical, um, that intro music that you picked, Kevin, like beautiful. Steam Gardens, Super Mario Odyssey, best track on that soundtrack. It has like this – And that thing's full of One of the best – Honestly, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there is a track that I would say is better than that one. And I kept thinking, like, oh, no, wait, that's from Galaxy. Oh, no, wait, that's from Galaxy. It's like, yeah, I don't know. There weren't any instant, like, oh, my God, this one's great. Like that I one. think the real Hidden Beauty. There's some good ones on there, but, the real... but yeah, like, honestly, I'm having, yeah. I was say the real Hidden Dino Beauty. Falls is pretty good. <laughs> Every time I start, you're like, wait, no, I got another song. Go ahead, Angel. Yeah, I was going to say, Dino Fox is good, but yeah, this one's way better for sure. I was going to say, the real hidden beauty is something that we did with all our songs over the years. Because you may recall back in the early round 10 days, we actually changed the song every year or two. Is we always, the good ones, we always had like a build up, build up, build up, build up, drop, and then something segueing out. So it'd be like, you know, da 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 There's the drop, then the music kicks in. This one has that nice little build up. Like, that's the key is you get a nice little punch was at the Was that one supposed to be TMNT? Away. No, the one I just sung was with no musical notation, our old Ram Nintendo intro. Cloud Zone? Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's what I meant. Like, it sounded like that uh, team. Oh, I thought you meant you didn't recognize it because I was singing it so poorly, which would be completely accurate assumption to make. Uh, yeah, no, it's Flat Zone from Game & Watch. Which... Gotcha. Yeah, the funny thing is that like, while we were like changing the you know the music like every year, like at one point it was like, oh, yeah, no, let's just change it up. But then, you know, eventually we did come back to Flat Zone. And I don't remember exactly when that was, but I think we went Flat Zone. Then we went Pilot Wings. Yep. And we might have done something else somewhere in between. And then we went back to Flat Zone just because. It was so good. I don't know. Something about the energy it brought. Yeah, which I feel like the, the new music has too. And even uh, Quarantine Chronicles and Random Nintendo, I forgot what song you picked, Kevin. I mean, I, I know it. I just forgot what She it. picked the the one from Thousand yeah, Year Thousand Door. Year right, awesome. right. And that one had a similar sort of like build, 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 go. So. We're pretty good with the music, is what I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah. But, you, you know, know I, have, I, have, I, have, I have so I yeah. have small ears, right? I don't know sure. if you guys have ever noticed. I have small ears. I everybody, everybody, I feel like you mentioned that one, but I keep forgetting that. That's such a kind of a. It sounds like a funny thing too. Well, because I'm probably imagining your ears much smaller than. Oh, what I'm picturing the peanut are. size now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and maybe they're also the size crooked. of a. 
I've mismatched ears. But anyway, let's talk about your small ears. Please continue. Oh, yeah. I may have small ears that are crooked. But I do have an ear for good tracks, for good music. Mighty. That's small, why, but mighty, those ears. That's why they reject Imagine Dragons like the plague. <laughs> and that's why they are uh, adverse to oh, Linkin Park's later albums as well. I mean, your ears are uh, just factually wrong about Linkin Park's later albums. Thousand Suns, their best work. I will go take that to my grave. I really mean it, but um, fair. You think that's their best work? It's my. It's the most cohesive album they put out. I mean, there's ones that are like, uh, like the later stuff has more like what they call like firecrackers, not where it's just like boom, 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 like good singles and that sort of thing. And then Hunting Part is kind of a weird throwback to their rock stuff. But like A Thousand Suns for me was like the one. I mean, also it. I'm skewed because that's the first time I saw him live. It's the first time I met him. So there's like all these other experiences I associate with it. But just musically speaking, I do think it's the, the strongest, or at least the most uh, for them most adventurous, the most con- most of, closest they came to a concept album. I don't know if co- if cohesive mm. is the word that I would use to describe a thousand suns though. Considering just a different like just based off their singles, um what is it, the catalyst and yep. waiting for the end are very, very different. Sure, songs. but they there's through lines in the production that the catalyst is actually kind of a culmination of a bunch of the different production throughout the different songs on the album. But I get what you're saying is if you take them piecemeal, like they flow really well, is I guess what I should say. Um Ooh, if you I haven't heard it in a while, back, so I guess I'd have to hear it. Linkin Park thought they flowed so well that not only when you buy the album do you get the songs from the album, you then get a full MP3 uncut of just the entire album called The Complete Experience back when you know you used to buy music before you just streamed it. So that's how confident they were in that. But I digress. We digress. Yeah. Yeah, Jason has questionable music taste. Oh, oh, yeah, it's super questionable. No, 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 no. <laughs> I it, it is. I don't deny that. Well, I mean, music is incredibly subjective. So, I mean, to say that anyone's music taste is questionable, I would say it's questionable to ever question it because I don't, yeah, there's no right or wrong. It's a lot like um, people's taste. That does sound like a paradox. Exactly. I guess it's a lot like people's, like, food taste. Like, you know, someone could really like something, someone could really hate something. And you can't really blame either one, you know? Like, you can't be like, can't believe you don't like like, I got really weird. I got really, uh, I got really weird look. Bleh. Wow, I'm like tripping over the sentence like no other. I got really weird looks from my coworkers when we we're talking about egos, and they're talking about how like, oh yeah, like yeah, put them in the toaster, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, you mean you don't microwave them from time to time? Wait, instead of using the toaster. Okay, no, they they have a point. Excuse me. Yeah, that's not that's not a taste issue. That is a you don't understand how to make your egos. That's a misconception. You microwave in, them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've done them with a toaster, but I just personally prefer them microwave. But you prefer softer I mean, a... food in general over crispy. Yeah, it's right? a preference. So... I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's objectively yeah, I better. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't say it's objectively better. But it's just I just prefer them that way. I like them nice and like fluffy and soft, and I could just fold them over with the syrup in there and just basically so you make an ego taco. Cut it. Sort is of. That the, is that the way to? It do basically, it? is an ego taco. Hmm. I don't know. It just tastes amazing. Is that the way to just um, have them like soft that, and like warm by microwaving them? I mean, I will say that they do taste really good, like toasted with a you know with a toaster. But I don't know. It, it's they're different. It's a different experience. It just hits honestly. different. If you haven't tried it, yeah, obviously don't say. heat them up too much. You, I think um, you kind of have to know how long to put it. I it, would say, it like, frankly sounds like you're making your ego fifty into a seconds. Like it sounds like it has the texture of a pancake. Well, think, yeah. Here, here's a, here's yeah. a question: when you when you kinda. when you bring out the egos. Uh, when you take them out of the box, I, I'm, I'm assuming they're in the freezer. In the uh, freezer, 
Yeah, yeah, they've been right? in the freezer. So, so, so they like have they have like a little frost on them, right? Oh, I yeah. see you're going with this, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, and yeah. so like, yeah, it, oh, I guess, I guess a microwave would be hot enough to just evaporate the water before it, you know, before the egg yeah, itself they just like, become, soaks like, it up. Yeah, they literally become like fluffy. They don't feel wet or anything. It's just like, right. So, what's the ideal? They, what is the ideal microwave time? No, not at all. No, okay. But that's hmm. that's, also, that's also just like a preference thing. Well, yeah, but what's the thing? You know, so, the thing about an egg, it's a it's a waffle, and I feel like waffles aren't supposed to be fluffy. That's what pancakes are for. Exactly. That's what I was just saying. That he's making a pancake. So, Angel, in your uh, Eggo pancake... I guess I like the pancake with the Eggo flavor because, you know, I don't really even think of them as waffles. I just think of them as a... a They're their own thing. I guess a food I don't... I mean, yeah, let's I be honest. Thing. They really are not. They are their own thing. Like, it's I mean, a pre-processed like, weird pile shaped like a waffle. Or... Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. like, actual waffles, I mean, when I think an actual waffle, I think of them as, like, very thick and usually much bigger. These are, you know... They just eat them however you want. Eggos are when the Pop Tart people went. What if we did this? I understand though I'm in the minority in that, but yeah, I feel like I love Eggos, but I feel like they're very much like the like the Pop Tart people are just like, what if we just like applied the same ideas to the concept of a waffle? Because it's smaller, it's like has different flavor varieties, it uh, it can be eaten in a number of different presentation styles. Like it's a lot like a Pop Tart. I've I've never been to Waffle House. Wide open. Waffle House is amazing. I've heard of they're not in la unfortunately but if you're ever yeah whenever you like do road trips you will usually see a couple of waffle houses before you get your destination doesn't matter how far that destination is you're gonna see like one or two yeah for sure and they are delicious they um i are you sure there's no it's sugar they put in in, but it feels like over to nevada i don't think so i think they're all like in the like south south like bible belt like east of us gotcha but no, yeah, if you can try it, it's like, I think, I again, I think it's just sugar they're putting in, like a lot of sugar, but it, they're sweet, they're delicious, they're laced with probably cocaine or something, they're so good. <laughs> like, you get, it, they're so good. And they're always the right portion. I've never had one. It always looked like, to me, like oh. a poor man's IHOP. Maybe in, it's just a color in, scheme, because the, 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 the yellow yeah. and black just isn't visually appealing. Also, the, it, they're it physically smaller. They're physically smaller stores, too. Like, they aren't, like, IHOP, you know, you have this big, like, grandiose, it's like a pancake cathedral with that, like, big triangle roof and everything. And then you go to Waffle House, and it's just, like, they're kind of, I think, riffing on, like, old diner, like, roadside diner architecture, but they're just a lot smaller, they're flatter. Mm-hmm. Like, they they definitely feel like the, the waffle gas station to the IHOP cathedral, pancake cathedral. Well, let's not, let's not put IHOP on a pedestal either, just IHOP. Is... Oh, I just meant in terms of their architecture. But... Oh, I yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I thought just yeah. in terms of like, no, 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 no you no, no, you want no. a good pancake, you go to IHOP. You want a good pancake, you go to Original Pancake House. That's the good stuff. It's a it's, its name is very it's similar to IHOP, but it's very house. good. What? It is uh, it's around take... in LA, and it's they have a bunch of different pancakes. They have a menu of like fifty different types of pancakes, and they're all really good. The chocolate chip is the best. What are you guys' opinions on crepes? Crepes, good. Crepes can be good. I well, but I don't think I've had them from a quote unquote crepe place. The only times I remember eating them are from, you know, the dining commons in Santa Barbara. That, so, question: When we talk about crepes, are we saying savory crepes? Are we saying sweet well, crepes? Really, really enjoyed. A crepe is just what a very thin pancake. Yeah, that you then stuff with, with stuff. Stuff inside. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, does it, does it matter? Does, does it matter what kind of pancake or what kind of crepe it is? 
Well, I feel like I prefer sweet crepes over savory crepes. I like both, but I definitely like the sweeter. Like, put some Nutella in there, maybe some strawberries. What the heck's a savory crepe? Savory crepe is when they put, like, egg or, or meat. Like, you can get, like, a chicken crepe that has, like, spinach and egg. It's basically an omelet inside a very thin pancake. Oh, yeah, at that point, it's pretty much an omelet. Yeah. That's yeah, disgusting. that's, like, it's an omelet wrapped in, like, French gift wrap, essentially, <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think this, the, if we're talking sweet, yeah, for sure. Like that, I uh, yeah. I went to Orlando two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried two things that I had never tried in my life before. Compliments of uh, my boss. I tried well, spinach artichoke dip for the first time in my life. Mm. Delicious. Welcome. Welcome. Oh yes. my god, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I oh it was, it was so good. It was at this uh, this little gastro pub, but oh my god, was it was. So no, it was actually the steakhouse that we went to. It, it was so good. I'm like, that is like my go-to thing now. Whenever I see it on the on the menu, I tried that and I tried. Uh, Andrew reminded me of it when he said, uh, or somebody said something about the French. I uh, did, yeah. And not necessarily French. Was it's it like, when I called the French bread thingy? Something no, no, he meant like two seconds ago when I said a a, a savory crepe is just an omelet wrapped in French gift wrap. Yeah. But yeah. what was it? It was, um, uh, it was like, it's this French Canadian, you know, fries, meats, and poutine. Uh, poutine. 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 Oh my God. Poutine's delicious as well. The con, I've never the actually thing? had it because the concept of just chunks of curd mixed with gravy and fries is just like, what? It's actually, not, to, it's actually to be good. fair, to be fair, these, these had, um, what was it? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't pastrami. It was some sort of meat. I think it was just, might've just been really good steak on it. Mm. Oh, it was so really, it was so good. It was delicious. I'm, I'm well, like, not only that, but this is also the same boss that introduced me to uh, cream spinach at a different steakhouse. Jesus, is my, boss my boss Popeye? is three for three. Is I'm it sorry? Popeye? Is he Popeye the Sailor Man? I mean, cream no, spinach, he's not Popeye. Like... He's not Popeye. <laughs> okay, he, 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 he does have a tattoo uh, of an the same area that of Popeye. I, I don't remember what it is, but it's it looks like an anchor. <laughs> does he often wear striped shirts and kind of a sailor hat? Because you know, no, never the, he, he every, every now and then he'll bring in a, every now and then he'll bring a uh, like a striped shirt, but it's a uh, it's a vertical striped shirt. It's not a. I, I'm just saying, a, this guy could be undercover Popeye. Shirt. Like this could be an undercover Popeye situation. You never know. You always gotta be on the lookout. Popeye wear a striped shirt? Yeah, yeah didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's a red and white. For some reason I remember vertical. It's 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 horizontal white and. I mean, I'm sure he does, horizontal, horizontal, but. Yeah. For some reason, I'm even remembering him wearing like a solid color shirt. Oh wait! Oh wait! wait. Is it blue? Wait, nope. He doesn't have stripes. Yeah, Angel's right. He has three white we... buttons on a blue shirt. So, um, yeah. does your boss wear three white white buttons on a blue or black shirt? Because in that case, it may be undercover Popeye. To my original, he point. He, he might every now and then he does. Sure. Mm, could be Popeye. You always gotta be on the lookout. You never know where Popeye's gonna pop up. That's why it's called Popeye because it pops up. This conversation is going totally sideways. This is what happens start... when we go yeah. randomer. This is what happens. This is what happens. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, yeah. But, you yeah, know, speaking of food, actually, I tried a couple things, too. Um, but mine actually fit the other half of our name because they were Nintendo food. Like, I guess when we stopped, when we switched here, like, it's not like I'm consuming Nintendo news. I'm consuming Nintendo food now. Um, but have you guys had either the Kirby drink from Kung Fu Tea or any of the new Cold Stone flavors that Nintendo did with them? You said Kung Fu Nintendo? Tea? Nope. Kung Fu Tea. It is a boba tea shop. I normally don't like tea. But let me tell you a little bit about the Kirby Fruity Flurry. I think is what it's called. 
Um, do you like the taste? Let me just ask. Do you like the taste of pink Starburst? No. Angel, what about you? I want to say I don't prefer. And people them. look at me crazy because people love the pink Starburst. And I think it's I do the like worst the flavor in the in the the base uh the base Starburst flavor. You know, just the the vanilla. Starburst yeah, but not literally vanilla. They're actually all fruit, no, not yes. not not vanilla <laughs> yeah, Starburst. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I do. Just, just yeah. the OG um, do, four. I I not a fan of the pink ones. What's your favorite? Is it red or orange or yellow? Uh, red. It's red followed by yellow followed by Excellent orange choice. followed by pink. So pink. I I enjoy myself a pink Starburst. And Angel, you were saying you liked it or no? Pink. I think I'm indifferent, but probably one of my. I mean, if that's a rank them. I think I just like. I don't know. They all kind of taste the same to Nobody me. Nobody likes the yellow ones. The yellow ones are the odd one out. Yeah. Remember when they used to have green? Oh no, that was Skittles that used to have green. Anyway, the reason that was I mentioned Shrek pink Skittles used to have green. That, whenever there was a Shrek line come out, they would yeah. just they would just put out green Skittles. Yep. Yep. And it became like a thing mm. that people want back every so often. And they're doing like uh, last summer or this summer, they're doing like all lime Skittle bags. You could just get green Skittles. Anyway. Again, I digress. The reason I ask you about pink Starburst is because if you can imagine, if you will, a 24-ounce cup of liquid pink Starburst, that is roughly kind of what the Kirby Fruity Flurry is from Kung Fu Tea. So a little background here. Um, what they did is they teamed up with Nintendo, and you can get this drink that looks the color of Kirby, and it has, like, boba kind of in it. It has these berry ball things. They actually were sold out of the berry ball thing, so I got mine with mango, which was actually strips of mango, so it's not... This isn't a full, accurate review of the Kirby Fruity Flurry. This is like, I don't know, um, the first impressions of most of it. But, um, yeah, the, the thing literally looks the color of Kirby. You get a special cup that has Kirby's face on it, so it literally feels like you're drinking Kirby. And then there's like a little, you know, when you go to Boba, you, they put like the, the saran wrap, plastic wrap on top that you like shove the big pointy straw through. That also has Kirby art and a Kirby logo and a QR code to learn more about Mr. Kirby. Um, and these are apparently a hot commodity. So I tried to get it Anime Expo weekend, which I know, Angel, you probably have things to say about Anime Expo at some point today. But um tried to get it then. They were completely sold out. And then when I called them the other day, day to be like do you have it they were so rehearsed in their answer like um yes so we have the the actual liquid of the drink we have the cup with the kirby design but we do not have the berry balls and i was like "Uh, that's fine whatever but the fact that just asking do you have the kirby drink and they know to break down the three components us nintendo fans are obsessive i guess it's the takeaway but anyway, yeah, so you drink the thing. So you did not have the true i had i had the pink drink but i did not have the mango I, I mean, I, I did not yeah. have the berry ball. So what I was missing was the accent of the drink. But what I can tell you is as you drink the pink, which is the main flavor, that flavor is supposedly a mix of berries, uh, strawberries, blueberries, a hint of lemon supposedly. is how they describe it. Supposedly. To me, it just tastes like the pink Starburst. And then there's a little hint of mango because I had the mangoes in the bomb. And it was very good at the start. And this is like a 24-ounce cup or whatever. And then as you keep working your way down the drink, you start realizing, oh, this is pure sugar. Oh, this is just more sugar. Oh, I'm getting diabetes by getting halfway through the cup. Like I couldn't finish. I got diabetes just, got so just looking at the thing from your from your picture. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so. First of all, doesn't it look extremely on color for Kirby? Like it is pitch perfect in real life too. Um, which is who knows what science they did for that. But yeah, it's it's it starts strong, and it just keeps getting sweeter. 
Um, but it comes with that cool cup, and I didn't keep the cup, but I'm sure like that cup could be reused if you want to put other things. Make pour milk in it, and you got classic Game Boy Kirby. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's Kung Fu Tea. They're I guess around the country, and they're doing this Kirby promotion tied in with um, Forgotten Land from back in March. But yeah, I just thought you know, if I'm consuming Kirby drinks, I should probably mention it on a show where we talk about Kirby's owner, Nintendo. So that was thing number one I tried. That was the drink. Um, did I sell anyone on trying this drink? <laughs> I'm guessing I did not. I'm definitely not going out of my way to do it. And doesn't Taco Bell do, like, some sort of Starburst-flavored, like... They do. Something? So if you want to take a Sharpie and scribble on a Taco Bell cup some Kirby eyes... As I'm ought to do. Yeah, as one does. You probably can have about the same experience, yes. Um, but I will give credit that, like, this is creative. and I, And that's the thing I think is, like... Like, there's collaborations all the time, right? Like, you know, it's like, oh, go to Burger King, get, like, a Nintendo toy with your Nintendo Big Kid meal or whatever they call it now or, like, the Happy Meal with the Mario Kart toys a month or so ago. The Pokemon cards at McDonald's, like, a year ago. Like, that's all fine. But when they actually, like, put in the effort to, like, make a custom menu item, like, props to them for doing that. Like, I don't know if there's been any franchises over the years that you guys have been fans of that, like, I don't know if there's, like, a Ninja Turtle, like, cake or something that was, like, shaped like their face and, like, was the right flavor? I I don't know, but I'm probably not official. Food, but, but like you know, we go to a bakery across across the street. So maybe a cake's a bad they, example. They, they got a big like, book of like, hey, you want a yeah, Ninja Turtle cake? Here you go. That was a bad example. What like if they made like a Ninja Turtle? I don't know what, but something that like references it without necessarily just being something in the shape of or stamped with the branding. Case in point, the Cold Stone ice cream. So. There are three ice creams at Coldstone. I only tried one so far. Also Kirby, the day after I had the Kirby drink. I'm trying to make my diet 100% Kirby. But uh, they have three drinks there, or three ice cream varieties there. They have the Mighty Pink Puff, which is what I had. And it was actually really good. Like, it was not too sweet. It was everything that the Kung Fu tea should have been, but edible instead of drinkable. Um, but it's strawberry ice cream with strawberries, mini marshmallows, caramel. It's really good. It's really kind of, like, light and refreshing. I would recommend that in a heartbeat. They also have an Animal Crossing Island getaway with chocolate ice cream, strawberry, bananas, and I believe like whipped cream or something on top. Um, and they have a Mario Party Superstar Blast? Sprinkle Blast? Something like that. Um, which I believe was cake batter ice cream, cake, colored frosting, and rainbow sprinkle. So that's probably the closest sugar rush you can get compared to the Kirby drink. But um, they all come in, like, Nintendo-themed cups if they have them available. Of course, my Cold Stone didn't. But again, like the My Pink Puff, marshmallows because that's Kirby's texture, pink because that's what he is, uh, strawberries just tie in very nicely with that Kirby Dream Buffet announcement they just made where you collect strawberries, and that's probably just a coincidence. Point is, like, when they go out of their way to, like, make menu items they actually, like, reference the thing beyond just, like, a branding exercise, it's fun, and it tastes good. When it tastes good, it's even better, so... That's my spiel on Nintendo food. Are we going um, with, with Kirby is marshmallow textured? I never I got that so. from it. What did you think he was? Elastic? Yeah, definitely more elastic Because marshmallows are kind of... You could stretch a marshmallow out. They're totally would you say right? Jigglypuff? Would yeah. you say Jigglypuff is a marshmallow? Or is she... Is no, Jigglypuff is definitely... Is Kirby. Oh, you know what? She does expand. Yeah. She's, de- she's so definitely Kirby. elastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't know why I said so with Kirby. Like, I was proving it. Tastes like rubber but... or something. Yeah, but, but you would want... doesn't... Rubber... Like a balloon. No, you Rubber, like, thins out. It's the problem when you stretch it. Yeah. 
And you wouldn't want to eat something that tastes like rubber, which is why I'm happy to report, and I'm not being sponsored by Cold Stone, but their ice cream is delicious. The the Mighty Puffball, quite good. Um, Yeah, so what I'm saying is go eat some Nintendo food. And then, weirdly, after I ate the Nintendo food, Nintendo then announced a game about food with Kirby. So it was a very intense week for me of Kirby edible experiences. Um, This is probably like the big Nintendo thing that's happened. Did you guys see it? The Kirby Dream Buffet, as they're calling it? Yes. Well, I, 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 I didn't hear it, but I saw, I, I saw what it was. I am extremely into this, I think. Um, I guess for anyone who didn't, it's it's Kirby through the lens of Fall Guys mixed with Monkey Ball, mixed with the old never-released Tilt and Tumble 2 that was supposed to come on GameCube, mixed with some of the like item-fetching ideas of the City Trials and Kirby Air Ride. So you're a Kirby Ball. like Kirby, This is the premise, and I love how Kirby just literally rolls with anything and is cool with it and is always happy. He goes to a cake, He's like, oh my god, a cake. And then the cake transforms him into a topping on itself. And he's like, cool! And just starts rolling around and doesn't seem to care that his life just became that of a cake topping. But that's the game. Uh, but yeah, so you as this I mean, rotund... I feel that way too. I, so if, if, if you were just like eating... Like, actually, let's use the Eggo example. Let's say we were eating Eggos in our preferred format of Eggo, right? And then you're eating it and suddenly you're on the Eggo. You're just like, yeah, this is my life now. I'm cool with this. I wouldn't be opposed. Okay, okay, Angel, would you would you live on an ego? No. Okay, so see, this is a very this is a very. Not even the fluffy issue. one. Like, yeah, not even your microwaved. Nah. What are like like pillow size? Hmm. Pillow size. Well, if it was a rotund ego, no. almost like a little mini Earth that you could explore, like a full planet of just ego, as its soil. No. No, no, no kind of ego living for me. Hmm. That's good to know. I guess you and Kirby won't hit it off then, because he loves living on whatever yeah, well, whatever surface they throw Scratch that off the surprise birthday party. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not going to get a Honey, I Shrunk the Kid Ray for Angel and put him on ego. <laughs> Dang. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the game basically is Kirby's this perfect ball, and you roll him around, and you have up to four people rolling around as different Kirbys, and you are in these levels that look very Fall Guy-esque, um, and you're rolling kind of monkey ball style. And from what I gathered, your goal isn't so much to get to the end first, but to collect the most strawberries around the stage. And that makes your rotund Kirby bigger. And then you do three rounds of this, and then the fourth round is basically Mario, it looks like. I'm, I'm assuming this off a minute and a half trailer. And then the fourth round looks to be uh, bumper balls, like Mario Party bumper balls. And then all the strawberries you ate make you that much more formidable as a foe on the bumper balls. Um... And I am way too into this for my own good. Like, I, I, I was mentioning on Lost Air Nintendo, I'm, like, super about Fall Guys at the moment. And a Nintendo-fied one that throws in some monkey ball sounds great. And I think the, I think the real sleeper of this, like, the real thing that's going to do well for it is it does what Fall Guy doesn't, which is it has local multiplayer. So Nintendo's pitching is like, oh, you could play online with three other Kirbys and you can all roll around together. But um, local multiplayer... Fall Guy, just three? Yeah, it's only four total, so it's a little smaller fare. It's not quite the ex- insanity of Fall Guy. Just a little smaller. Just, a little, just, just you know, a multitude of a multitude of ten smaller, and then some multitude of fifteen smaller. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate that they're doing a local multiplayer, because like, a situation that's been happening with me is I told you guys I was playing Fall Guy almost daily last time we spoke on the podcast, and my girlfriend was getting super invested in me 
winning, which I never did. I never got a crown, and it drove her crazy. Like, she was getting very stressed out about it. Um, and almost angry at me for not winning, which was weird. But point is, eventually she's like... It's justified. What? No, that feels justified. I mean, I guess. But point is, she got so invested that then she wanted to play, but she wanted to play in tandem with me on the TV. You can't do that with Fall Guy. It's one player per system. You can do it online, which means one of us could be on a Switch Lite and one of us could be on a Switch, but it's not a local multiplayer experience. It's not a system like the Switch where, you know, the whole MO is always like it's a local multiplayer party system. Well, I mean, good thing you each have a Switch, right? Well, she see, but she wanted to play on the TV, and I'm like, okay, I'll use your Switch. We could just sign in to each other's Nintendo IDs. She's like, no, that's too much work. I just want split screen, both of us, same time on the TV. Which is, again, Hear on the out. Switch, that's not crazy of a request. Hear me out. Kirby does it, yeah? Two TVs. Now we're talking. We get two, so we have like a 50-something inch, so we just put them side by side. We take yep. up the entire two, length of the living two room. Two 55 inches. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then buy her another Switch. Two 55 LG C1s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that could work. That could work. I mean, they're now they just announced that Splatoon three Switch OLED. We just buy that and just have two different colored OLEDs, so we know whose is whose. This is perfect. It's only like twenty five hundred dollars. It's all said and done, but it's perfect because we're also going to need a TV stand, of course. Or alternatively, <laughs> we just play this Kirby game, which is kind of the same gameplay, but actually accommodates local multiplayer on a system where everyone expects local multiplayer. So I feel like it's does the a nice frame board. rate go down? I would assume assume not because Nintendo's usually good about optimizing that stuff and again there's only three four Kirby's total roll have you played around. Mario Strikers no not past that demo because I didn't like the player it does it is it bad the frame rate in Strikers Angel it's about the same as the demo mm. I didn't have trouble with the demo though like you frame think, rate wise like I don't think I don't think it I'm just surprised it's not 60 even when playing single player but yeah it's interesting I don't even think it's a consistent 30 huh but, well, Kirby doesn't yeah. look quite as intense. It's nice looking. The the you know the the ba- the the icing looks smooth and the you know everything looks fluffy. That should be fluffy like the cotton candy. So like I'm sure it'll look fine. But yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a graphical workhorse for the Switch. But either way, like I feel like this is kind of filling a nice spot that Fall Guy left behind. Fall Guy is left behind. Um, so I'm I honestly this is one of my most anticipated games of the year, Kirby's Dream Buffet. I'm not even kidding. I know it sounds ridiculous, but just it hits all the right boxes for me. So assuming it's good when it comes yeah, out, that's not ridiculous. Like after ten years of doing this podcast with you, it sounds <laughs> like it'd be ridiculous if you didn't get it. Well, I'm not saying I'm gonna get it. I'm saying I'm and it's the most anticipated. I care more about this than the new Pokemon. I care more about this than Splatoon three. I care more about this than well, certainly Xenoblade, which that I'm not tracks. buying. I care more about this than the Bayonetta news that just came out. Like I, I makes sense. Yeah, actually, Bayonetta makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I kind of, yeah, all of those things make perfect sense. That's why you wouldn't care. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, actually, this is very on brand for me. You were literally just gushing about how you were eating all this. Yeah, I put stuff. a lot. I I really went full mouthful mode here, didn't I? To make a bad Kirby reference, I put a lot of Kirby in my mouth. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that was that's what I wanted to say about Kirby. Um, yeah, I guess I'm going to keep the Kirby train going. Yeah, what, what are you um, about? Are you eating? Definitely not are you about... putting Kirby things in your mouth? Yeah. No, just Kirby on my shoulder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, but during Anime Expo, or at least like the week before Anime Expo, um, some friends and I went to like a store called Japan LA, and I got like this little Kirby plushie that has like a little magnet under it, so he could just sit on your shoulder basically and not fall down. And... <laughs> Because anime Expo was the following week, which was also pretty awesome. Like, I just had it there the whole week. Because, you know, I normally never cosplay. I just like to, you know, walk around and 
not necessarily have to worry about the costume, but just enjoy looking at other people's costumes. But, you know, have the little Kirby companion. Maybe people asked about it. I thought I would at least see one other one because it's a neat little toy. And it almost seems like it's to scale for Kirby if the Sakurai measurements are to be believed. But Kirby's that small? Pretty neat. Oh, yeah, I guess he would be. Yeah, Kirby's Yeah, yeah Kirby's supposed to be, like, two inches tall or right. something. Why like is every Nintendo character really tiny in reality? Like, the Pikmin, Kirby, Chibi Robo, and then the Fall Guy beans, which you would think are small, are really big. Like, why? Why, why is everything not... Can you name any other tiny Nintendo characters, Jason? Because I'm pretty sure that's just all of them. Um, Mario, before he gets <laughs> a, a mushroom. There's another. <laughs> I guess, uh, oh, man, but I guess if Kirby's two inches tall, I guess... DDD would be like Six. a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Meta Knight would be equally tall. Uh, Captain Olimar would be just as short as his little Pikmin. Uh, I said should be Robo. A custom oh, Robo. All the man. robots are action figure size. A Pikmin must be microscopic at that rate. Yeah. Pikmin is, I think, three inches tall or something. Um, no, no. Pikmin is supposed to be like an inch tall. Oh, that's right. Like that's right. Tiny. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a bottle cap is like bigger than all of them. True, true. About the size of all And I, I already said custom robo, right? Yeah, I did. The robots. Um, yeah. Fox McCloud's the size of a fox, not a human, even though he walks on two legs like a human. But anyway. That's all I got. <laughs> um, but yeah, at Anime Expo, like they also had, um, you know, this Kirby's anniversary, like it's like the 30th anniversary. Correct, yep. And they had a, yeah, Kirby's just been having like a, year with like so many different types of blind boxes you have there's like a blind box set where you can have them eat breakfast brunch like different types of pastries but the one that really caught my eye was like little dioramas of like six different games and they feel kind of random but two of the games on there um do you have one for kirby dreamland they're like little basically plastic domes or squares but basically it's like yeah, it's a little diorama depicting a moment from the game. For Kirby's Dreamland, you have the credits scene. Well, pretty much after you beat DDD, Kirby turns into a giant blimp and he's carrying DDD's castle. That wait, that's what they decided to do in the little like terrarium of Kirby. That's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. very It's unique. also black and white. Yeah, and it has a little mountain. It's a tiny little Kirby blimp with like the little tiny strings. Well, you know, they're plastic strings, but they're carrying DDD's castle. And DDD's Castle even has, like, the defeated expression that it gets after you win. And then the other one that I really liked was the one from Kirby's Adventure, where it has, like, Kirby flying in the sky, shooting at the little nightmare sphere. But then you also get some other weird ones that, you know, are also pretty cool, but I didn't really play those games too much. There was the... You get one from Kirby's Dream Course, which the diorama itself looks really cool, but I only played the game once, and I definitely didn't play the levels depicting, but... It looks really cool. Looks neat. Another one is, I believe it's from Kirby Superstar. It just has Kirby and a Waddle Dee walking towards each other, and there's just a heart there. It's like, all right, that's cool. The then you have the one from the Wii where as Kirby and character whose name I don't know with the yellow eyes just standing in front of a monitor with like a key. Meta Knight. With, you know, with a giant. No, it's like a hooded character. It's like the. The new friend from Kirby Return to Dreamland. Oh, yeah. They're, you're trying to help them repair their spaceship. You're looking for gears in the game as you progress through. But the one, the other one that I think is probably one of the other cooler ones is they have a, a Kirby's Air Ride diorama there. Specifically the the city city trial mode where you have um two Kirbys, each in their own glider. 
and then you also have like the little wing power up and you have two buildings there and the way you set up the cubic background when you just plop it on top it has like these little effects to the back so it looks like they're wishing around oh they're really well done and unfortunately i didn't get the kirby one the dreamland one on my first try or second or third because that's all <laughs> they had available i bought like the remaining three but i did so i ended up just ordering i ended up just ordering a box online like a full came box? With all of them like yeah. how many blind boxes so, are in a box like how many total are we talking Six. It's one of each. Oh, I thought I was like, so well, you get... you get like 24 and you have to like open them all and hope for the best. No, no, no. The six of them and you get the full collection if you buy the box. So if you know it's a fresh box, you're basically, yeah, you, well, not basically. You are guaranteed to get all of them. So I basically have all of them, but I also have, I guess, three spares. No. Yeah, three spares because, you know, I had bought in three previously. But, you know, makes for good gifts. I already know I can give them two anyway as well. But, oh god, and I mean, I guess besides that, definitely spent the most in this anime expo than I've ever spent before. But it was just a nice anime expo. I don't know what it was about this one, but... Yeah, I was going to ask how it was. Maybe it was not... Like, I think it was just not necessarily having anything I needed to go to, but... Yeah, like, um, stumbled on some random panels, learned about the history of Little Tokyo, which I did not really know about, and didn't realize it was kind of dark kind of interesting definitely look into that if you're interested but yeah little anime expo it, it felt like a pandemic never happened except you know have it looked like a pandemic more people happened. than usual wearing a mask but like, not enough people not everyone was wearing a mask yeah yeah not everyone was wearing a mask but there were people with masks because yeah I, I... and you know you're supposed to have a wristband on but as my brother proved on saturday or friday whenever he came uh, he was just able to walk in like towards the end of the day without even getting like checked for the wristband that you need to have to get in to prove that you were vaccinated. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it was great. Like the energy was there. Like the entertainment room was as busy as always. Got to play some Smash Brothers with random people. Bought a bunch of stuff at the Ghibli store, the Evangelion store. Even bought myself a a nice painting that was commissioned by Disney to make like a. Depict that scene of Dumbo reaching out to his mom. Yeah, I'm curious. I saw you tweet fashion. that. Where do you plan on hanging such a depressing picture? It's a very nice picture, but it depicts the most depressing scene in a movie, or one of the most depressing scenes in a oh, movie. Oh man, yeah, it's one of my. Yeah, when I saw that, like it, it literally like brought like yeah, like tears yeah, to my eyes when I saw so... it because it was just like so something that could move me that much. I'm like, I need to have that. But where do you put um, it? It's hanging right now. I'm. Well, it's hang anywhere, but I mean, but like, it's just hanging in my sister's house right now. <laughs> so every time you're and your hanging sister's on the ceiling, birth, so you're moved every single time. Yeah, exactly. Like I was gonna say, like, you wake up and you're just like, oh my god, Dumbo. But and your sister's a bigger I Disney don't know fan where than you. They even, have it. So that's funny that you left it there for her to be sad every time she sees it. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, that's like the Disney house. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but, but um, I don't know. It just seems yeah. like it's such a. It's a very nice picture. Everyone go look at his Twitter to see it at Wero W E I R O underscore O. But. It's a sad picture. Like it's weird to like. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm weird. I, the idea of having sad it, pictures hanging up is always like a downer. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could see that on paper, but you know, it just fills me with that really good nostalgia. Fair. Okay. Like, that could cancel out the like, sadness. Yeah. It, it, it's it, it's it's literally like getting like punched in the gut with like happy feelings of when I saw that because I watched that movie a ton as a kid, and of course that scene in particular. 
never failed to make me cry. So even if like I hadn't watched the movie in forever, like anytime that song comes up or I just look at that picture, like it's all, I think it takes you back. It's almost like that Ratatouille moment where like, you know, the dude eats the food and he gets taken back to his childhood. Right, right. Like that's what that painting does every time I look at it, which is kind of nuts because I don't think I've ever really had a painting or a poster do that. Like I'll get things like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like all the posters I have, like the Godzilla ones, the turtle ones, but this one was different. It's like it actually brought, it was more of an emotional hit than a, I guess, fan one, which I guess it is, which I guess it is too, because, you know, it's Disney and it's Dumbo and I love that property. If they had a Fox and the Hound one, it probably would have been even a bigger nostalgia hit because I can barely make it through that movie with like, without having red eyes. But long story short, Anime Expo was super fun. Definitely looking forward to the next one. And yeah, honestly, it also like kind of like helped motivate me and push me to like start like a business venture, which I won't really go beyond that right now because it's like such a, it's so far away from like really getting, from really starting. But yeah, it's it's very inspiring and motivating. And it made me feel like, yeah, I can do that. I want to do that. And yeah. Nice. Anime Expo. Jason was there. I was for a day. <laughs> and my time at Anime Expo, as you can guess, was not so much about anime, but more yeah. about Nintendo. Well, Badoof. So I had one day. So I speed. You finally met all my friends in person. Yes, I got to meet some of your coworkers for the first time. All very nice people. Um, but yeah, I, I then ran off with your brother to speed run the show floor because I only had a couple hours because it was my one day. And the sole thing I looked for on the entire floor was a Badoof. Anything Badoof. Could be a figurine could be a plush. There's a booth that had these really cool glass Pokeballs that inside them were like little... can't believe this is twice in one episode I'm going to use the word Terranium, but that's basically what it was. Little Terraniums inside of different Pokemon. They had like Jolteon and Lugia and Pikachu and Charizard and of course no Bidoof, but I really hope they had a Bidoof. I ended up with a Bidoof plush you can get at PokemonCenter.com for $7 less than what I paid. But I got my Bidoof in the end, so it was it was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, and a lot of those, depending on the Pokemon and, you know, Bidoof being as popular as he is for some reason, probably would have been sold out at the Pokemon Center. For some online, reason, so. excuse you. Excuse you. For some reason. Because he's great. Because but... he's great. It was interesting yeah. that there's actually a decent amount. I mean, it was all, like, anime-related video games, but it was interesting that there's actually, at least I saw, like, four or five different, like, over the course of the weekend, four or five different Switch-bound games were announced at Amex, but like Azure Gunvolt 3 had a booth or something, or had like a section of a booth. Like there was, there's a decent amount of Switch stuff. Like usually it'd be like, oh look, one game coming to Nintendo, but there's like a good handful. It was kind of, it kind of felt. Yeah, they even had, um, yeah. in the entertainment hall, like not the exhibition floor, right. they, you were able to demo that, uh, right. that RPG. Yeah, thing? the one from the Nintendo Direct Mini. It had like its own little section. Yeah, we, we didn't really yeah. touch on that when we talked about the Direct Mini, but it's this game where like, it's like a pen and paper RPG, but you're playing like a... It's set up like a pen and paper RPG. Like, it looks like one, but you're playing like a normal RPG in it. So it's kind of like what um, that game from the Pokemon guy... Oh, what's it called? The one we talked about two episodes ago, where you're the little knight and you... Uh, the squire, squ- the, whatever it's called. It's kind of like that, but a little more low-key in its, in its implementation. The plucky squire? Yes, thank you. That's what it is. Yeah, drawing a blank. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool to see there was actually like a Switch game unreleased on the show floor being demoed, a couple of them, because like I said, Gumball was there too. Um, so that was kind of nice. It, it, it was nice too, because like, 
I feel like at that point we were like kind of in the midst of this weird Nintendo news drought. Like we got the direct mania third party news and we got season third party stuff and there's like no like Nintendo stuff outside of Xenoblade. So it's kind of cool to be like, oh, look, there is like activity around Nintendo, like physical activity. Of course, they have since filled that void. We're getting like a month long. I don't know what to call it, but they're doing like news drops like every few days at like seven in the morning. It's like a prolonged mini like Nintendo Direct for a month. Which has been kind of fun, because like, you wake up, it's like, oh, Bayonetta 3 comes out on Halloween? That's cool. Or, oh, there's that. Oh, that's, like, officially what they're doing? Like, they're just dropping something new I mean, that's day? what they've been... I, I don't know if it's official, but they've done it four times. <laughs> so I assume it's official. Oh. I mean, they did it with Bayonetta. Uh, that's not coming out Halloween, as we kind of predicted might happen. Uh, they're doing it with... Uh, they did it with the Switch OLED Splatoon Edition. They did it with Kirby Dream Buffet. And there's a fourth one that I'm forgetting that they also did it with. Um, at least as of this recording, they might do more between now and when we post this. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's been it's been kind of, it's kind of a nice thing to wake up to, and it sort of is filling in the gaps that I feel like we didn't have with Nintendo's lineup, you know? Because like we coming out of the direct, we could kind of go like, oh, Mario and Rabbids was gonna be the October release, or they could do something in tandem with that. Yes, Bayonetta leaves the Metroid Prime remastered rumor. Who knows where? But still, like they they're kind of filling the gaps. So like we actually have a pretty good flushed out. Kirby heavy lineup for the rest of the year now, which is cool. Um, Advance Wars, I imagine, will slot in at some point, but yeah, like it's 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 been kind of nice. I'm trying to remember what the last announcement they made. Oh, right, the Mighty Bowser Lego set. That was also an early morning drop. Yeah, that is super awesome. Like, you know, after coming off of the you know the question mark block that you gave me, and then the Optimus, which is also super awesome. Like, I definitely recommend that if you like Transformers, like it transforms really well. The build is solid, really fun, and just looks great. But then, you know, I'm like, oh, how are you going to top this? And then it's like, oh, cool, Big Bowser. That's already an instant buy. Yeah. But then it's a puppet, and it has, like, buttons on the shell that lets you turn his head, open his mouth, shoot, shoot the cannon, yeah. move his arms. And, I mean, it's not the crazy thing, but even they're a little like, oh, look, his legs, like, touch each other when you pick him up. So it's like he's jumping, and the little... I guess mini set that you build around them is like destructible and he plays with the Mario and yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I, it's very targeted everyone, to you. Know, you myself, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like everyone, myself included has been thinking like, you know, give us a giant peaches castle. Mm-hmm. But I do really like that for their big sets. They've all been completely unpredictable and completely like, I agree out of left field and awesome. Like, you know, the, no one would have figured the TV set with the NES that you could pop in and out. Or the question mark block with the awesome miniature dioramas. And now like the Bowser, it's like they just keep surprising us. Like not giving us what we're asking for, but giving us things we didn't know we wanted either. Yeah, there's so, it, that's curious where they're gonna go next. I feel like that's where Nintendo's collaborations are strongest. And it kinda goes back on even a smaller scale to those silly like Kirby foods I was talking about. Like they could have just been like, Here's a drink in a Kirby cup. We'll brand it with Kirby. But they're like, No, we're gonna make a flavor that like looks like Kirby, represents Kirby. Like, doing beyond the expectation, not just doing Peach's Castle, doing Bowser, like, that sort of thing is, like, those are the collaborations I feel like always are the most successful for Nintendo and its properties, you know? Like, even Super Nintendo World, like, it's not just they did a ride, it's, like, this crazy VR, AR thing, and there's, like, the power-up bands, like, they went beyond just, let's make a roller coaster and slap Mario on it. Like, it's, that's where these partnerships are strongest, so it is cool that, like, LEGO really seems to understand that, and is, like, fully leaning leaning into that you know yeah. oh also speaking of things targeting you angel i forgot to mention this when we said bayonetta there's a mode named after you kind of in the game 
they have a uh, for the first time you can turn off the nudity. So it's never true nudity, but for those who play Bayonetta, ah. when she wraps her hair around her body, she's not wearing clothes when she does that. When she does her special moves, um, there's a mode called. I mean, isn't she technically always wearing her hair? Yeah, so... but the idea is like if you're um, playing it and there are other people around, maybe you don't want her stripping down to just her so hair. So they made a Smash like Smash Brothers. Well, so yeah, so she wears clothes, but the mode and it's optional to be clear. By default, it's off. But the mode is called the Naive Angel mode. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I feel like we sort of went on a weird tangent about that. Um, you were saying Anime Expo? Fun times. Tangents. There are no weird tangents. That's true. Everything no, just I mean, flows. Pretty now. much yeah. it. It was just a, just a really great trip. Looking forward to the next one. Got some Japanese games I was looking forward to playing at some point. Got the Ace Attorney trilogy for like the fifth time. But this time, you know, it's a Japanese physical copy. So I'll probably play that at some point. And also got the Ace Attorney Investigations 2 that was never released in the U.S. That so was cool when you showed me that. that yeah. eventually. And also a Japanese Rhythm Heaven for DS, which in Japanese is Rhythm Heaven Gold. So the cover is actually has like a gold foil like effect to it. And so does the cartridge, which is really cool because the U.S. version doesn't do that because it's not called Rhythm Heaven Gold. It's just Rhythm Heaven. It's like busted like a Final Fantasy on us. But yeah. Pretty much all I really had to say about Anime Expo. Well, surprisingly, like you said, some Nintendo-centric stuff, but just very anime-filled in general as well. That's yeah, it, no, it's definitely anime-filled. It like, yeah, it's like Nintendo-adjacent more so than usual. Yeah. How much yeah. Uh, Chainsaw Man representation was there at this Anime Expo? I did see uh, something in Thought of You. There was there was a lot of there was a lot of cosplay of Chainsaw Man, and they also gave away like. A few Chainsaw Man goodies here and there. We were only able to get one, which we did save for you. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we have it in the bag right here for the next time I Aww, see you. Oh, thank you. I've, I was expecting. Is that the crazy thing ever? But we were hoping to get more. But I mean, sure. what they had, it looks neat. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, they had a panel where they were talking about the anime that's coming out supposedly in October. Um, they are. I think it's happening because they are uh, covering some of the buses down at Comic Con Crunchyroll with different animes. And Chainsaw Man, I believe, is one of the bus wraps. Oh, nice! I can't wait to see that over there. But uh, we were expecting a brand new trailer or something. They didn't show any new footage at all. So wow. it's been over a year since we got that uh, Chainsaw Man trailer. But the newest chapter of Chainsaw Man came out after a. Your hiatus, uh, part two is starting, so they dropped a uh, brand new chapter. I think it was when no, what's today? Wednesday? Yesterday they dropped a new chapter yesterday, and boy is it good! Can't wait. And this is I'm starting to get to that point where I don't know if I want to wait until all of chapter two is done, just binge it the same way that I did. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, part two is uh until all of part two is done, and then just binge it. Or go week by week. I give the patience once you know it's out there to be consumed piecemeal to actually sit back and be like, I won't look at spoilers. I won't look at anything. Oh, I yeah. don't have like, that control. Like, I have to watch stuff as it comes out. I mean, it definitely sticks with you more if you do watch it piecemeal. Because I'm trying to remember what show I watched I binge recently. Not um, not The Good Place. I did just binge that again. Great also, show. Also a great rewatch. Great show. Yeah, great as a rewatch, too. Just because, you know, if you've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's like dual layers. But yeah. Yeah, so I definitely recommend that. But point is, there was an anime. It was Demon Slayer. Something that I binged recently. 
No, not. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was Demon Slayer. Yeah, because we had a whole conversation about that. How I didn't get to start watching it until the last episode was already out, and I basically binged it in like two days. And yeah, like almost as fast as I saw it, like less than a week later, I was I was already starting to forget what even happened. And I feel like I did not have that when I was watching, you know, the first, you know, the first season mm-hmm. as it was coming out. Like I even had like the the theme song had enough time to even like really grow on me to the point that I really liked it. But the new theme song, while it is really catchy, like I, I don't think I gave it enough time to really like listen to it because, you know, just back to back to back to back to yeah. back to back. It it's so you know I, I feel there's something to be said to that. Especially I think if I really like a show, I'm probably not gonna try to binge it anymore. It's been interesting to watch the but, entire television industry come to basically the realization you did, Angel, where like binging has short-term ramification like you look at something like stranger things and how they split it into two seasons which actually that was a topic i should have written down for to talk about stranger things but we'll, we'll do that in a different episode um but um like you look at how every streaming service except netflix was like no we're gonna do weekly still we're gonna do it episodic style like we're not gonna let you just do a dump of it one weekend and now netflix is like yeah actually there's something to be said for that because you lose a lot of the deeper, like you're just powering through it. So you get the big takeaway, you get the big overarching, but you lose the effects of cliffhangers. You lose some of the suspense and mystery. You lose most importantly from the streamer's perspective, the water cooler talk around it and people speculating and kind of the fan culture buildup, which is there. Like Stranger Things fans are a huge force to be reckoned with. Um, But like, Stranger Things is like a flash in the pan. Like, it's there for a couple weeks, and you're like, wow, it's everywhere, and that's gone. But if you have a show that's going 10 weeks long, that's a 10-week conversation. Like, think about, like, Game of Thrones and how every week people would be talking about it for, like, two months, three months straight. Like, it's, it's, you lose some of that. And with it, I think the fun of, like, the speculation around it and the theories and, you know, like, I know, Kevin, we were super into Mr. Robot when it was on, right? And, like, there's all those theories and all the speculation, but if you could just hit next episode and see it right then and there, you lose a little of the, like, fun of it all in a way. So I kind of get why you are not doing it as a binge anymore with anything, Angel. Yeah, it's been great with Attack on Titan. We still haven't even seen the final episode of part two, but I guess there's a part three. So you are missing much. That's going to be a long time. I figured, but yeah, that's glad there's another part. <laughs> that would have been crazy if they decided to wrap everything in one episode or just not do that. Because I still don't know how that ends, which I am shocked. I still haven't spoiled that for myself or gotten it spoiled. But I think your brother yeah. did spoil himself on it. And then I said, you know what? I'm not the biggest Attack on Time fan. Go for it. Spoil it for me. And I was, when he told me, it was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. I guess at this point, it needs to end. <laughs> well, I mean, technically it hasn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Enemy form. One more. Oh wait, next year. Oh man. Oh, and it's still Mob Psycho. We did get to watch the intro at Anime. Expo. I was one. a bad boy and decided to put <laughs> it online, and almost instantaneously found it online. And man, is it a banger! Yeah, Mob Choir. Yeah, Mob Choir. Yeah, they're three it. for three. I know, and that's theoretically going to be the end of it, right? Theoretically, yeah. It's funny because one of the first things I thought when I saw the the new intro was like, I wonder what Kevin thinks about it. Oh, I loved it. So I'm going yeah. to kind of watch. It, it's surprisingly epic. It's yeah. It also feels like 
you know a little more serious than the other mm -hmm. one but well they finally hit it i we what, what did we say we we like jokingly said oh what's it gonna be called 99.99 no it's just straight called one song <laughs> yeah actually get 200 yeah finally yeah top five so, <sighs> what a special show man Speaking of, I only wonder what we're gonna see at Comic Con. Oh yeah, that next next random or Nintendo's gonna be fun because this is the first Comic Con that I think all three of us are there, like the entire show. So it'll be a good conversation, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, speaking of things from Japan, um, here in LA, in tandem with Anime Expo, they brought over this thing that I wanted to touch on, um, called the My Famicase exhibition. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this, but basically, um, well, actually, oh, I know you have, Angel, because yeah. I literally tweeted a picture yeah. about like their gallery, and yeah, I think it was a uh, at JSR Seven. Yeah, yeah, um, I know that guy. Yeah, that. like like it might have been on an Instagram that then was linked to from a Twitter that also shared that same name. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, no, but I, I know you. I, I, I like. I was like, I don't know if you guys heard about this one, Angel. I literally told you about it at Anime Expo in person. But yeah, it's this cool thing. It's like so. I guess eighteen years ago in Japan at a gallery called Meteor, they started curating this idea of what if they gave out actual Famicom cartridges, and you make a label for it for an imaginary game. So they had all these different artists. They could submit these game ideas and make a like cartridge art, and then the canvas was quite literally. Famicom cartridges, and they could request the color cartridge that best fits their art and that sort of thing. So some of them are like normal Nintendo issued ones. Some of the other, other like these crazy mirror ones that Namco Bandai used, to, or I guess Namco at the time used to put out. Like it, it's a cool idea, and it's grown over those eighteen years. And then it came to the U.S. for the first time this summer. Still here in L.A. actually for the rest of the month. Um, and there are now two hundred fifty-three cartridges with twenty-eight or twenty-nine countries represented. Artists all around the world. They you know as long as they submit far enough in advance, they could be part of it. And you can go and view all of them and look at these cartridges and look at this art and you can pick them up right off the display and on the front you have the game art and then you flip over the cartridges and on the back it says, you know, who made it, the artist, what like studio they are, if they are one, or like, you know, fake game publisher. But it also has a description of what the game would be if it were real. So it's like the back of the box of the game, kinda. And then anyone that goes and sees this in person gets to vote. And this is true with the Japanese ones for the past 18 years as well. Gets to vote on their three favorites and then the top one, two, or three. I don't remember if it's the top three or just the top one. But either way, there's like a winner crowned based on everyone that goes to look at the games, which ones they like most. And it's, of course, interesting because some people are going to vote for the art. Some people are going to vote for the concept. Some people might vote for like the Nintendo references. Like, it, you know, it's, it's such a different spectrum of like how people choose which is their favorite. But ultimately, there's one family case chosen a year at least and then you know they get the props and the accolades and are part of this tradition that just turns you know churns year after year so if you're in LA it is at the um, lemon space I think is how you say it Le lemon space in uh, in Chinatown it's it's on display there in collaboration with a group called uh, Capsule Corner it's there till I think July 24th so you got like I don't know a little over a week um, but what's cool is if you're not in LA, all of these cartridges complete with the ability to turn them over by clicking them and having a box pop up. Um, they're all virtually available too at famicase.com. So if you have any interest in kind of these, like what these games that could, could have been 
um, are, you have all these different ways to view it. And it, it's really fun because there's like these different buckets they all fall into. Like there's definitely some that reference Nintendo, like I was saying. So there was uh, there's a clever one that was just called Question Mark that uh, was the Mario, basically the Mario 3 box art. Or not the box art, but like the official art with Mario on the like kind of checkerboard stage with like the mountains behind him. But Mario's not there. And then the logo, instead of it being the three with the Tanuki tail shadow behind it, was a question mark with the Tanuki tail shadow behind it. So it's like, oh, that's kind of, okay, that's a reference. I get that. There's another one that was literally like a pair of mice dressed up like the Mario Bros called uh, Super Rice Brothers or something. It's like some of them were pretty like hitting the nose on the head or hitting the nail on the head, I mean. Um, but then another set almost kind of feels like a send-up to, like, what Nintendo would have made or games from that era would have been. So, like, there's some, like, one had a, I liked had a really good pun. I think this was the one I voted number one for. Uh, for. It was Mushroom, and it was a racing game starring a little anthropomorphic mushroom on a go-kart. Um, and then there's another one called, like, Please Don't Climb Me, and it was, like, this mountain with a, like, little, like, squiggly, like, concerned face and kind of remind me of Ice Climbers in art style. But then there's some that just, like, what if Nintendo made a game modern nintendo with their modern sensibilities made a game on the famicom so there's one that's called um toon frog where it only uses the famicom controller's microphone and you have to tap it to basically uh you engage the game but you're using it to control his steps so every tap lets him step forward and then you have to do like different rhythms theoretically but again all these blurbs are based off just like you know you have a sentence or two of what this game is about and then you have the art and then you kind of make up your own story of how the game would work um and there's also this category. There's also like a category you could say of just like people running wild. So like some of them are like they look like well modern indie like maybe like the old DSI where like art style games would look like. There's others that just go like super ornate and fancy. There's some that are just like pictures of food or like what the inside of cartridge would be like. It's a huge selection of different art, and it's just really fun to like browse through. Like I probably spent like a good amount of time that gallery, like more than like you know you could breeze through in like four or five minutes. But I was there for a while just reading the backs and checking them out. Um, you know, especially for someone like me, when I was a kid, I, I mentioned this when we were wrapping up random Nintendo on the last episode of that, how the site started for me is like making, photoshopping fake GameCube and Game Boy Advance boxes and like making up games. And it's the exact same idea, like making the label, making the packaging, and then just kind of making up a game around it. So it was weirdly a full circle kind of moment that I went to go check out this exhibit literally the day that we announced, um, that we have, or not that we announced that we did our final Ram Nintendo episode. So that was also kind of a funny coincidence. But yeah, no, it's a really cool thing. Um, Famicase.com. If for no other reason than just to see some cool, basically, indie game art without an indie game attached. So they they timed it to be when Anime Expo was in town, which is why I mentioned it now. But yeah, it was, it was cool. It's something a little different. And it has a lot of history behind it. So check it out if you're interested. It sounds like you had a real awakening right there. I don't know about wait. I I was really expecting more of a pun from you right there, like that pause, that dramatic pause. I thought you'd be like, I don't know. No, no you really no, made the no, fam a case no, no. for that exhibit or something like that. It's kind of where I thought you were going, but nope. Yeah, I thought you were going to do the uh, the CSI. Yeah, yeah, right. right like you just slip yeah, on the sound. sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, I need to find a. Yeah, that'd be a good thing to have on a soundboard. Yeah. No, I don't have it. But oh well. I do have the rim shot, but... Well, hold on then. So you said I made a good fama case for the exhibit? Okay, no rim shot? No, that doesn't doesn't Wow, no crickets either? I get nothing? No, it has to at least make me smirk. Hmm. You know what you should get? The SpongeBob 
oh brother, this guy stinks. That's what you need to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do need to get that one. Yeah, I have a couple SpongeBob ones, but I guess SpongeBob is kind of right. Uh, what's the word? Well, you know, he's like a meme generator. Yeah. Just like Shrek. Yeah. Kevin, what have you been up to? I feel like Angel and I have just been like, I did this, I ate this, I went here, I did that. What have you been doing? What's new? I contribute every now a little bit. So you gotta have some excitement going on too, right? I got a Switch Pro. Finally. So a Steam Deck. I got Switch Pro. (laughs) Okay. Tell us more about this. Yeah, Jathan, you never heard of the Switch Pro? You, you know, Angel, this one guy that I used to talk to frequently always said the Switch Pro was never real, never trust Bloomberg, and it couldn't possibly be. Um, and his name and was I Angel, coincidentally. But yet he has it in his hand, so Angel, naive Angel, that's why the mode's called what it is. There you are, Switch Pro's in his hand, so naive Angel. Oh yeah, I got a, uh, I got a Steam Deck. I finally got it. I was part of Second Wave, which... I was gonna say, why did you get yours come way after Elvis's? Well, because of two reasons. So it's funny. Uh, it was me, Elvis, and Celso. We were all on Discord when the pre-orders opened up for this the Steam Deck, and of course, this being a very hot item, the servers crashed, and so it was very, very hard to check. You know how it is with with literally a hotly anticipated item. That they yeah. didn't. That they go like, oh, we didn't. We didn't expect the 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 response to be this. Shut up. Or yes, even if it's not a hugely popular, the Xenoblade Special Edition crashed Nintendo's online store for like eight hours. That's relatively niche compared yeah, to Nintendo, some other stuff. Nintendo, yeah, but Nintendo doesn't know know how to do anything with the internet, so I'm not. Surprised. That's true. That's true. But this is this is this is Valve. They have servers, man, and their servers, whatever. Of course, their servers <laughs> buckled under the pressure. By the time that I was finally gonna, by the time that I was finally able to secure a pre-order, uh, I was hit with the quarter two, uh, pre-order, or no, I think I was quarter. What quarter was I? No, I think I think right from the beginning I was hit with a quarter two, meaning that my deck would be in my hands sometime between April and. Or it might have been like March and May, somewhere around there. And then, of course, the deck got delayed. So they got pushed back by like two months. But Angel, uh, not Angel, uh, Elvis was able to get a quarter one Switch deck. So that's why his came out. That's why he got his much quicker. Not only that, but I was I was part of the final wave of quarter two uh, pre-orderers uh, that received the email to finally buy this thing. So not only was I in the second wave, but I was part of the last wave for the second wave to uh to be able to purchase it. Because all you had to do was put in five dollars. Uh back in man, when did this go for pre order? It was like um October or September, right? Of last year? No. No earlier? September maybe? Wait, no no no. It was July? it was July. It was the same day that the Switch OLED pre orders went up. Oh, was it? Yeah, I distinctly remember that. It was back to back. Oh no 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 oh, no wow. no! Maybe not. The announcement of the no, Steam I Deck think... was the same day as the oh, OLED. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I remember my Twitter was just OLED Steam Deck, OLED Steam Deck for like the whole day. So yeah, so I finally got a Steam Deck, and I'm 
incredibly impressed with it. I I thought it was just going to play my Switch games, my Switch games, my Steam Deck games, or like my Steam games. And that was about it. I was like, I'm not going to worry about like because it runs on Linux, so it's technically a PC. It's got enough horsepower, it's got enough juice for you to uh open it up in desktop mode, which brings you into like this Linux terminal. I, I'm not a Linux user. I'm sorry for people that use Linux. I just know nothing about it. But like when you switch into desktop mode, it's essentially just Windows with a different skin. And I was like, okay, this is this I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII Remake for the third time on my Steam Deck. And this game is uh, deck verified, which is what uh, Valve is Valve is putting this uh, it's like quality seal of approval on some of its games. If it's verified, it means that it shouldn't uh, it should be running like at a minimum at thirty frames without like any problems. And so I went online to to see like, all right, what's the best way to play Final Fantasy VII Remake on the Steam Deck? And sure enough, there's like, oh well, you can just mod it. And just mod it. What do you mean, just mod it? I like because you know you turn on the Steam Deck, and you're essentially in Steam OS. You're in there involves OS, but right. by switching to desktop mode, you can just mod games like you would on any PC. So it's, it's not crazy. even mod. It's literally just install at that point, right? What do you mean? Like, like because you're saying, oh, you can mod in games. It's really just like you go download the game. Like, there's not even a well, like ha- hacking needed, right? No, no, no. So you're downloading the game. So it. Essentially, two layers. Okay. So, when you turn on the Steam Deck, you are booting up a Linux machine that immediately boots into Steam OS. Right. However, you can switch over to the desktop mode, where you will still technically have Steam OS open, but now you just have like a Windows desktop. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So like, you could just go download like a random .exe file and run it. You don't really need to like modify. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you could get like and, emulators or or other yes, not which, supported which we things, do, which we do not condone. We do not condone, condone or support. I actually have never downloaded an emulation. emulator or ROM in my life. I yep. have you know. Yep. I mean I, that sincerely. I, I I really haven't. Yeah, I also mean it very sincerely. I I only have <laughs> Dolphin on the Steam Deck just just to experiment and not so that I can play Double Dash. Did I ever tell I you? Um, did I ever tell the story on the podcast of how I actually reported piracy to Nintendo once in high school? Yes, you have. Okay, yeah. Dark? Yeah. The mall, yeah, the mall kiosk of the little all-in-one systems, yep. Listen, Nintendo was sending me free games about once a year. I owed them. Not much, not that much, but I owed them, so. Yeah, so anyway, sorry, in- you are saying you don't have no, late, no. but you might have Dolphin, possibly. But I, I might have Dolphin, you know, I might have uh downloaded a few games just so that we could see the potential of the deck not because we're filthy pirates you really want you know, to educate yourself to alert the authorities of the of the issue at hand you were exactly, doing research yeah, yeah I'm, and i'm going to do yeah. research. apparently there you know there's a way to get your actual switch games on a steam deck i'm just doing it for research purposes i'm not you know i'm just you know, i'm just i'm just one one guy just one boy <laughs> You're just a detective. You're just a private eye on the case. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, that it's, does... it's fairly Go simple ahead. to do anything on it. There, there are some like weird, some weird things that Valve has to 
fix for instance going into uh desktop mode you s like you it automatically comes installed with firefox right and it's full-fledged firefox to the point where you can download like ad blockers so that your firefox isn't as trash as it would be on do you guys use ad blockers i do I'm really good against uh, guys to test i used to and then I just don't anymore. I, I okay. do, which is funny because where I work, our revenue is very heavily driven by ads on the page, and yet personally, I hate that. <laughs> but but yes, I, sure. I I do have. I even have one on my iPhone, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you have to have one on on the phone. It's it's a godsend. Yeah, I use but a anyways. crystal. I believe it's called. If anyone wants okay, a good one that stays out of your way. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I might actually check that out. But uh, yeah. anyways. Um, yeah, so you have full-fledged Firefox on it, and I just went to nexusmods.com, downloaded a zip file, was then able to extract that zip file and grab the thing that was in there, copy and paste that folder, or copy and paste that uh, that little patch, or mod, whatever you want to call it, and put it into the folder that Final Fantasy VII Remake like, launches off of, switch over back into uh, SteamOS, and played it with the patch installed. It's it's it, black magic. It's, it's it's crazy. It's funny because on it sounds like it's black magic because the Steam Deck's considered its own like console in a way, but that's just every PC. Which is what's so yeah. wild is the idea that it's a PC. At least to me, what's always been crazy about Steam Deck, it's a PC, but in like a Switch form factor that's extremely comfortable. Because we when we were hanging out the three of us in person, we got to try uh, Elvis's for a moment, or not try it but hold it, and I'm shocked at how like. It's big, but it doesn't feel heavy. Doesn't feel thick. Feels really good. Like it has the right curves around the where you hold it. Like it's really nice build quality, and it feels like a gaming console. But all the behavior is what you're used to seeing on Windows PCs for like three decades now. And that marriage of the two, I don't understand how it took this long for someone to do that. Like it's it, yeah, it's, it's uh, genius. It's genius, and you know I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Remake. I started playing Cuphead again because uh, the Delicious Last Course DLC uh, was released, I think, last week? or Yeah, end of June. It was, uh, it was out like the Tasty. 29th or something, yeah. Yeah, so I've been playing that on this, and I'll have more to say about that once I'm uh, finished with it at some point. That game is still very, very difficult, although they have made some uh, modifications to make it a little bit easier, but it's still pretty tough. Um... What else have I? I started playing Resident Evil Two Remake on here. I, you know, it's just it's a great piece of hardware, and it, it's the customizability is insane. Like, I mean, you, you, Angel, I'm sure you're a little bit more familiar with it than than uh, than Jason is, but like, you have these four back uh like paddles, back buttons that you can literally make. Uh, you can just you know, remap them to any button on the controller. But not only that, but you can make it so that when you're pressing it, it's not only just one input, it's like two inputs. So I know that huh. there's, you know, there's, there's these little touch pads that, that work as, you know, your, your mouse or they work like a mouse and they, they've haptic uh, feedback. It's, it's a neat little machine. And, you know, I come home from work. I obviously don't want to ever go to work but you know you come how do i how do i de-stress i play some video games and i have a twitch stream on the side on like the side monitor um now it's just like i'm gonna be in bed 
and I'm gonna have the Twitch stream on my actual TV instead of uh, like sitting on a sitting on an office chair and just be playing on my uh, my Steam Deck. It's it's fun. It's well, let me great. ask you this. Plus, I have that's... this entire library of of Steam games that if I go right now, I think it's like 160 games that are Steam Deck verified. Just the day it arrived, you had 160 games after ready. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I That did lead me to a question, though. Um, you are saying, you know, you're just going to lay in bed with it and, like, have your Twitch on on TV or whatever. That is kind of your use case whenever you were talking about why you would get a Switch version of a game. Like, I remember you saying that about Hades and a few others. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave the Switch to you? Like, do you see yourself still buying games on Switch? Do you see yourself buying them more on Steam because you can just access them from anything you can log in on Steam with? Like, where... Third-party third party games are officially... I'm sorry to the Switch, but that that thing is just going to collect yeah. dust until I don't know a brand new Super Mario game comes out, or another Metroid, or another Mario Kart. There's there will still it's no my my Switch is now my exclusive machine the way Nintendo that it machine. has been in the past exactly right because third party games I'm not only that but it's so much more comfortable. At, I've always had issues with the ergonomics of the Switch. I think I've voiced them pretty clearly Steam in the Red ergonomic. Exactly. Like, yeah. one thing that I hate about the the Switch is that when I'm holding it, the Joy-Cons are burying themselves in the palm of my hands. I don't have that with this because most of my palm rests on the system itself. Not only that, the joysticks feel really, really nice. The triggers are... Are actual triggers they're not just uh little buttons that you're that you're pressing in I, the the back touch pads are a little stiff maybe it'll just take some uh some wearing in to uh or some some breaking in to finally get them a little closer but but like the d-pads a solid d-pad it's i don't want to rag on the switch too much because these are obviously very they're very different products for very different markets right right yeah, but, and I don't think one's necessarily gonna like cannibalize the other for that reason. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and like, um, I was listening to Jeff Gersman talk about this on his podcast, and like, do I ever see this being sold like in a Walmart or a Target or Best Buy? Mm, probably not. I mean, I guess a Target of anything, uh, a Best Buy of anything. But do I see these to? Do I ever see this living on a, on a shelf, at a like as a like a Target or Best Buy? Probably not. Same way that a Switch would. Right. But it's also not necessarily a hardcore player's device. You know? Like... Yeah, like you can't mod I it. Would, or you can't, like, change the hardware. You can't upgrade it, right? Like, it's kind of soldered yeah, you can't, in, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the most right. that you can do is just put a micro SD card in it to expand your storage. Like a Switch. Um, Like a Switch, exactly. But, like, I would... Man, if this is the way that I would get you to play PC games now... Jason, like, go for it. You have a whole brand new world. And, you know, the dock is going to be releasing soon, so it's more or less a Switch just without yeah. the Nintendo games. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, the interesting thing to me is we're talking about, like, oh, which way to play it on, but there's one thing that there's an article from The Verge or something that I was reading the other day where they were arguing that this, you know, the Steam Deck for them is replacing Switch. It wasn't just like, oh, the ergonomics are better, or oh, you could play it on more devices, or oh, um, 
whatever other reason it was the reason they leaned on which is really interesting i didn't give it any thought is switch has a or sorry steam has a track record of supporting games across essentially generations like if you buy uh neon white on the switch you know it will work on your switch you know it may you can assume it may work on any half step up of the switch like if they do a new switch or a you know, Switch I or uh, Switch Advance, whatever you want to call it, where it's like kind of that half step like a DSi or a Game Boy Advance or the new 3DS, it'll work on there. Mm-hmm. You don't know if when the Switch 2 shows up, if there ever is a proper Switch 2, if it will work on there. On Steam, you, from the last however many years of history of Steam, are basically guaranteed that any future Steam device you choose to buy, any future Steam device you choose to play on, will support this exact game that you purchased at the exact same price you get on Switch right now. And that is a pretty interesting, compelling reason for people to decide with Steam over Switch. Again, I think the markets aren't like you were saying. I don't think it's like totally overlaps. Like there, there's a Venn diagram here, but they're definitely different circles as well. Um, but that is a really interesting thing that Nintendo's problems with their libraries and backwards compatibility and stuff like is rearing its head in a way that actually could be detrimental to their third-party support in the future if slowly more and more people are like i'd rather have something i know i could play across all devices for all the time as their iphones have trained them as their pcs have trained them as their androids have trained them and now as the switch uh, the steam deck is going to train them while the switch is still in this weird like sort of little black box of i don't know if my game's going to work on the next thing in five years so that that's an interesting angle that I don't even think very many people are considering, on top of everything you're already saying about having to make the choice one way or another. Yeah, like I said, the Switch will be my exclusive Nintendo machine. Yeah, and for that, like, obviously people will still buy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if you could play a game on the go and the most affordable way that you could do it is a Switch, yeah, absolutely. Hades is going to rock on a PC with a 3080, or your Switch. You know, yeah. A game is a game is always going to be a game. Of course, would I want uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake to run on a, on a Switch? Yeah, absolutely. But it, of course, you just can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah, oh, but with the cloud, it can run at a stuttering frame rate. At a stuttering frame Did we talk about how... <laughs> um, how uh, I, thought what you, I thought what you did there, cloud. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Does that get a rim shot? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, Kevin, what were we starting to say you, that we didn't talk about? You won't know when you get the yeah, because I'll hear a rim shot. That makes sense. Um, Kevin, what were you? What were you starting to say? Did we talk about? Okay, that was a rim shot. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you for That's acknowledging me with yeah. sounds and not words. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, oh, I knew you had my back. Man. I knew you had my back, Kevin. I don't know about this naive angel over here, but no. Um, you're starting to say that there's something that we touch on in the past. Oh, um, did we talk about how your automata is going to run natively on Switch, but Kingdom Hearts One? We did, yeah. We we kind of we in passing last episode, like when we did the Nintendo Direct Mini, we in passing were like, "How weird is that?" And then just moved on to why does near automata yeah. matter? But yeah, how yeah. weird is that? <laughs> like, I'd be I'd be fucking furious, dude. I, that's unacceptable. Near automata. Yeah, to, uh, to be fair, near automata isn't that much of a looker, but this, neither is the first Kingdom Hearts. I mean, it was on PS2. Like, come on! Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make doesn't make sense. Oh, that reminds me. I should I should be able to get Kingdom Hearts running on the Steam Deck and Kingdom Hearts Two. 
through that'll, legal that'll means, I'm sure. Yes. I mean, yeah, technically, yes, because I, I'm sh- I think there is a way to boot uh, the Epic Game Store onto the Steam Deck. Um, you know, it's just like through old workarounds, and on the PC, that's where uh, the Kingdom Hearts games live. I do wonder right. how that piracy is going to shake out. Like, it's not going to be at the scale. Like, the DS, those 100 Game & 1 cartridges became so common that Nintendo had to start, like, acknowledging in their financial reports that it was hurting them or something like that. Like, it was a big deal. They, in court recently, revealed that they released a modified version of the Switch, like a newer version of the Switch, specifically to keep away that scenario from playing out on Switch because they figured out a way to hack the Switch. I wonder... Obviously, there's a, a cost of entry that's much higher for a Steam Deck. But I wonder if someone's looking at, I could get a Switch OLED or I could get a Steam Deck, and they're savvy enough to know the piracy stuff. I wonder if people who might have gotten the Switch and been legit will be like, or I could just emulate it on a Steam Deck. All it's right, a small so use case, but I'm sure there's some people that are now seeing that opportunity, unfortunately. So, confession time. Just because this is no longer a Nintendo-exclusive uh, podcast, I... I was one of those pirates who I've got. It wasn't one of those 100 games in one, but it was specifically a it was a cart that you would put a micro SD card into. But I forgot what the what game it was it was loaded into. Oh, the M3 or the R3. Yeah, the R3. Yeah. R3. Man, those were the days, man. I played the crap out of uh What was my favorite what was my favorite game on there? It was uh, Tony Hawk's American Skate Lamp. Oh, that I got it. The the DS game. one, the DS one. Yes, the yeah yeah yeah. The, yeah I heard good things one. about that one. Yeah, that game was. Oh, that reminds me. I got to get Tony Hawk on this thing too. Like on the Steam Deck. Oh man, this world upon it. Jason, you got you got get yourself on. It's yeah. I mean, well, the, the following up, I got to get Tony Hawk on here, knowing that I can go get Tony Hawk on Switch, isn't probably the strongest specific time to say that but yes i think you're right that there's more pros and cons for sure to a steam deck at this point yeah exactly and you still wouldn't be missing out on like your nintendo goodness my my concern is as you guys know i'm not the best in terms of finishing my games or playing them thoroughly so if i'm now splitting between two libraries is it possible yeah but not only yeah yeah but games are super super cheap on true on steam as well so true do i don't even play my playdate enough which we Angel and I, we, you, you and I, we own Playdates. We should, in a future episode, talk about it. But um, it's really cool, like, conceptually, but I just am not even putting enough time into that. And I get games for free on there, every, two a week, every Monday. So it's an uphill battle, but I on on paper, in concept, yeah, the Steam Deck sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. I can't wait to get down to the nitty-gritty. And, man, uh, you know what? Traveling with it is kind of dust-like because... The battery isn't the best. As a matter of fact, the battery is complete ass. But you know, it'll it'll, it'll get a little working. Like definitely, like on the road to San Diego. Come on, that like funny Final enough. Fantasy on the on the way over there. By the way, the battery thing, funny enough, is gonna be the thing that prevents this from truly going. Never mind the fact that's a PC that you play in like a handheld format. And that already has a barrier of entry. The thing that has killed every competitor of Nintendo that is port like a portable console competitor has been battery. The Game Gear didn't last long enough. The Atari Lynx didn't last long enough. The PSP did okay in that department, but it had like discs and other weird issues. The 
ultimately the thing that constantly seems the to kill the just died. The Vita, um, like it, even though it means life, it died. Um, the, the Vita was was the Pokemon equivalent to a Magic Carp, like yeah, it just floundered and flopped. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like every major like competitor, especially how like the Steam Deck looks kind of like an Atari Lynx in a Game Gear in terms of like its size and shape and ratio of buttons to plastic and all that. That's gonna be the thing that holds it back is the battery. Like, just at the end of the day, if you want to fly cross country and you can't guarantee your Steam Deck can make it, that's gonna be a problem. The fact that there's now AC adapters in every seat of a plane helps for sure, but it doesn't help in a road trip necessarily. It doesn't help. You know, there's gonna be a lot of scenarios where Switch still has the advantage because this battery is like quadruple that of the Steam Deck. So. Yeah, that's that's always the is, death but... meal. Yeah, no, it's still an amazing piece of heart. Like, well, yeah, holding like it, a, I was it, really impressed with it. it. Yeah, yeah, and and the battery life is obviously going to be on a game by game basis. I I of course. think they said that you can get about six hours like playing Hades on it. And if that's the but case, of course, like that's... playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, of course you're going to get two hours on it. And the Switch was the same deal. It's kind of like if Breath of the Wild, you could get like three hours on the original Switch, but something you know lighter, fair that was two D snipper clips, you could get like nine. So it was kind of, yeah. you know, in the original. So it, it's the same thing, and I'm sure it'll be an iteration of the Steam Deck that improves it, like you are saying. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, the games that you're – a lot of the games that you're going to want to play on the Steam Deck because that's what differentiates it from what the Switch can do are going to be the ones most hurt by that battery situation for sure. Yeah, it is what it yeah. is, but uh, – Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the possibilities. I, I would love to, you know, for experimental reasons only – you know, mm-hmm. put on uh, Mario Party Two on this thing and just get blitzed with uh, with friends if we don't have uh, any other viable way to do it. There's also always mm-hmm. Mario Party Superstars if you want to keep it. Legal. That's a good point. I think I think I brought this over. I I think I uh, brought this up to the attention of Elvis and he's like, we just have superstars. I said, yeah, that's a good point. But the <laughs> superstars have uh, whatever that goddamn app is called in costumes. Yeah, that's the problem. Superstars doesn't have costumes. And I I feel like I ranted about this when it came out. You but did. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Where are the costumes? End rant. Where are the costumes? Where's the, best Where's the more content? I want a reason to play the game again. Been a long time. I mean, I'm sort of surprised. It's funny because, like, with Super Mario Party, for so long they didn't do DLC. And we're like, where's the content? It just kept selling. And then Nintendo's like, all right, fine. Here's some online mode. And then three months later, like, also, here's an entirely new Mario Party. So now we get away three more years of where's the content, and they're going to be like, all right, here's some new content. And then, like, three months later, it'll be like, and here's a new Mario Party. Like, that's, <laughs> that's going to be how it goes down. Watch. Where if they release, like, a Super Mario, like, Party All-Stars 2, Super like, not even DLC, just, like, stars. here's a whole other cartridge with, like, five more stages from only the N64 era or something like that. They're going to do something weird. With they're the they're not going to do anything yet because they don't want to cannibalize their own sales. They're going to wait till this thing goes to like 12 million, 15 million. Like well, if they did make a DLC. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I am. But yeah, you know, they don't have they don't have to do anything yet either way. Yeah, it's just chugging along. I mean, the fact that like it just got that Cold Stone stimulus, you know? It has an ice cream now. It's good. The sales are going to fly. It's going to go off the shelf like crazy. You'll see. They don't need to make DLC. They just need to make ice cream. Simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess unless do any of you have anything else you want to bring up? No, but I don't. Th- I do like if we end there that I sort of full circled our topics unintentionally by going back to Coldstone. Yeah, yeah, sweet, crazy yeah. sweet way to end. All about them sweet. Ha ha ha. Not a fan of that one. 
No, I didn't get a clown noise. The I feel buzz. like the clown one should be for uh Yeah, a buzzer, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um so is this where we do the usual show notes, I guess? Should I have everyone to tune in um, and Yeah, weeks? I guess uh yeah yeah, do the do the thing I'll, that I'll you do, do the with thing. the with the thing of the of the plugs and it it makes whatnot. me happy that even with all the changes underway, new episode name, a uh, new podcast name. You may notice if you look at our 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 YouTube channel, new graphics for the new show, like all this change, and yet me spouting off a random list of not so random podcast services that you can find us on remains the same. So with that in mind, we are on Apple Podcasts, we are on Google Podcasts, we are on Spotify, we are on Stitcher, we are on TuneIn, we are our pen, are on Pandora, Amazon Music, happy Prime Day to those who celebrated this past week. Um, we are on – why did I say that like it was an actual religious holiday? Anyway, we are on uh, YouTube, as I mentioned, RandomTel.com. We're on iHeartRadio. We are literally everywhere. And the feed that you previously saw us on is the feed you are currently seeing us on. We didn't change that, so – if you're already subscribed, just stay where you're at. We're coming your way. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Ram Nintendo because that is still our kind of mothership. Um, individually, we're on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomi. Um, next episode, I mean, it's randomer, so I can't really tell you exactly what's going to happen. But what I can tell you, as Kevin mentioned earlier, we're all going to Comic-Con. And it's the first Comic-Con since the pandemic. And the show's already shaping up to have some cool stuff going down, so uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about what it's like to be back in that environment after so many years and the cool things we did and maybe some of the Marvel news that's probably going to be announced in Hall H and all that jazz. So, uh, yeah, tune in for that. And, of yeah. course, whatever Nintendo's doing. Conventions. Um, it turns out, actually, Nintendo has a yeah, booth convention. on the show floor. I thought they weren't going to. They initially weren't going to, I thought, but they do. So maybe there'll be some interesting stuff on display. Who knows? Um, but Angel, were you starting to say something? I guess the turtles took over. And I guess the turtles took over the Nintendo area because they're at the Marriott. I guess so. How weird is it? <laughs> Nintendo used to show like seven games in the in the um, grand ballroom of the Marriott, and now there's a single Konami compilation of old turtle games that's using that exact same space of only four games, if I'm not mistaken, maybe five. But still, it went from like a yeah, full console it's in the lineup. Ballroom, but it's in the Marriott. Somewhere. Yeah, it might not be the ballroom, but it is. I just find it funny that's like a full lineup of games to just like here's a couple of games from the '90s you've played before. But it is cool to have a gaming lounge. Yeah. The Turtles are big this year down there. It looks like so. We'll we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, it's funny you say that because it feels like it's not like they're they're in a high swing kind of year. But yeah, but I guess we'll have to see. But anyway, on that note, uh. Yeah, Kevin, final word. Damn it, I don't want to be the last one.